We're in chapter 2. Last week we looked at uh, the the quintessential text. I, I think I referred to it as something like that for the sacrifice of Christ, giving himself up, submitting to death, even even what kind of death? Death on a cross. And then for this reason it says in chapter 2, verse 9, God highly exalted him, gave him a name above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that brings us to verse 12, which says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I wanted to touch on that before we moved on one more time. Work out your own salvation. What does that not mean? Maybe that's the easiest question to ask. You can't earn your own salvation. That's not what he's talking about. They already have salvation. They haven't had the work to earn it. These are members of the Lord's church, part of his kingdom, saved people. They have salvation, and he's saying, work it out. Johnny, saw a hand up. It's, it's not like we're supposed to just work whatever, work out whatever we think works for us. Right. You know. Don't work it out that way. This is how I understand this. If you are a soldier, and Paul uses that analogy in another place, if you're a soldier, be a good soldier. You, you work out your soldierhood as a good soldier. Be the best soldier you can be. If you sign on with some business to work for them, you be the best employee that you can be. While you're under their employee uh, employment, you, you work out your employment to the best that you can. He's not talking about you need to work so you can get salvation. He says, you've got it. Now work it. Use it. If you marry somebody, what do you do? You work out your marriage. And don't tell me it doesn't take a lot of work to work out a marriage. If somebody like me gets married, i got a lot of work ahead of me, man, if I'd only known. Well, no, if Debbie'd only known. she Well, good she didn't. But anyway, that's that's what I think this is talking about. Now that you're a Christian, you be the best Christian you can be. You learn, you grow, you work it out. And it does take some work. Bob? Okay. That's a good way to look at it. Soldier in a minefield. Or uh, you're on a sports team and you're trying to participate in that sport. You're trying to play shortstop, be the best shortstop you can be. But you're going to have to work that out because you don't know when you're going to get a fly ball or a grounder or the second baseman's going to run smack dab into you when you're looking at something else. So crazy second baseman. They're just all crazy. Harold? I think it means that I try to work and do what my understanding of and what the scriptures teach. I'm trying to be faithful to God. I'm trying to work to do what he wants me to do, and if I try to do that, then I believe I'm trying to please him as best I can. Okay. That's the way I work it out. I don't I don't try to earn anything. I think that falls in line with what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 14, where he talked about opinions, and he said, you've got an opinion, everybody else has an opinion, you keep your own opinions, you don't judge anybody else, but you you work through your opinions, basically, is what Romans 14 teaches, to make sure you got the best opinion you can have uh, about things. Because all of us have our own ideas, and we've got to work those out. We're not all on the same page. But who do we believe in? We believe in Jesus. Where do we want to go? We want to go to heaven. 
So we've, we've got a lot in common, but we still are doing our own individual works. By the way, when Paul wrote to the Galatians, he said, let every man bear his own burden. But then he also wrote, along with that, bear one another's burdens. So it, it all comes into play. I've got to work out my salvation, but you've got to help me. If you know me, you know I need help. So, so that's, that's something on that. And don't miss what it says in verse 13. For it's God who's at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And that might sound like a selfish thing on God's part, but, but if it is for God's good pleasure, that means he's doing the best he could possibly do with you. That's the way God works all the time. Johnny? I've got kind of a story in regard to that, uh, okay. that phrase, work out. Uh, I, uh, the best, I had a friend who was the best, I'm not going to use any names, was the best friend I think I ever had. Uh, I knew him in the Army. I knew him, uh, he really brought me into contact with the Church of the Lord. Uh, I was baptized while I was in the Army. I'd grown up a Baptist, uh, just a kid singing in the choir and all kinds of stuff, you know. Uh, but when I was in the military, I met him and his wife, and uh, we both ended up going to OC. And uh, again, I haven't talked to him for several years now, but I know I still love him. And uh, he, he was still in very important in my life. And, uh, but he, he, was, he became a preacher. He preached in this area. He preached in Colorado. Uh, he preached, preached in uh, uh, Muskogee at a large congregation there. Uh, but there, a, a rift developed, and uh, it, it was, you know, different groups, you know, some division on uh, his, uh, maybe he, maybe he, I'm going to say maybe he was a little too emotional for them in the pulpit, because uh, he felt things, with, and it came out sometimes. Uh, he, he, he was, at times, emotionally, he felt when he talked about Christ, for example, or he talked about the crucifixion. And, and uh, so I, I don't know for sure all the ins and outs, but uh, developed some issues there, a church split. And one of the last things I remember talking with him at, about the scripture was the scripture you brought up tonight. And uh, he has since uh, divorced remarried. He's a, a pastor at a small cowboy church in uh, Texas. Uh, and, he goes, and he uses that title, pastor. Uh, and this is a guy that I had numerous biblical discussions with. But this is the scripture he said he had been hurt so bad by that, emotionally anyway, by that split and uh, the, the, the being cast out at least by part of the congregation. And uh, 
he's never recovered biblically. It's not From a first time I've heard that kind of story. And, but that's what he pointed to. You got Everybody's got to work out their salvation. Uh, but I don't think it means with, with outside the light of the, of the word. It, it doesn't mean do it your own way. And my point is, if it can happen to a guy like that, that, that I've described, very much, uh, you know, we went to OC together too, <coughs> did I mention that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very much, uh, it could happen to anybody. I, I knew this yeah. guy's heart. And uh, yeah. it's just so tragic. It seems so tragic to me. You got to use this as an excuse to do as you personally choose. Of course. You're, you're right. And I think that's what Johnny's getting at. Uh, that's. That's not an appropriate application of that text. Or else it could become anything. But there, obedience, there is an idea of, of working out your salvation within the, I hate to use the word parameters, that sounds like such a technical term. But when Jesus talks about the narrow way, you can't imagine a narrow way without there being borders. Uh, I'm thankful for the narrow way when I'm on the interstate with those 18-wheelers. I'm thankful that they do a pretty good job of staying in their lane, unless you're in Amarillo. Uh, and, and then they tend to... Yeah, no, you were in your lane. But, uh, that's that's the scary thing. But that's, that's what makes the narrow way narrow. Why people disappoint you. Yes. People will always disappoint you. And, it and also you have to raise your head up and keep going according to the Word of God. Right. He, he's working out his salvation as he thinks he's supposed to, whether it's right or wrong. That doesn't give me uh, any authority to, to follow his. i got to work out my own salvation. And it's... It's up to each one of us. My salvation is mine. Your salvation is yours. I have a relationship with God that's unique, absolutely unique. Nobody else has the same relationship. You couldn't because you're not me. The only way you can have that relationship is to be me. You don't want that. So we all have our relationship with God, and it's up to you and me to work it out. Just like if you have a friend You've got to work out your friendship with your friend. You've got to do what it needs, what you need to do to be a friend, even when rifts come along. Jamie? So are you saying with this passage here in verse 12 and 13 um, that it's an individual, I won't say opinion, but opinion is not the right word. But for example, um, eating meat, sacrifice, idols. Some, right. were, some were fine, some weren't, and so they chose not to be something Right. It didn't bother them. It wasn't a salvation issue. They chose to not hinder other people. And, and I see this as that type of my own salvation. If it truly bothered me to eat that meat, or it truly bothered me of, you know, clapping when somebody's baptized, those things, then I don't have to participate in it. But 
somebody else should be cognizant and try not to be stumbling block for me, but then at the same time, that's between them and their faith of whether or not they think that those things are acceptable. Right. Is that what you are seeing here? Uh, I, yes, I would say yes, if I'm understanding your, your question right. If you go back to Romans 14, of course, you, you mentioned uh, the eating of meats to idols that Paul references when he wrote to the church at Corinth. But in Romans 14, this, this is where he talks about things where we differ. And it doesn't really start in verse chapter 14. It starts in, in chapter 13 where he says this, verse 14, chapter, Romans chapter 13 and verse 14. If that's not confusing enough. Uh, by the way, the apostles didn't divide it up into chapters and verses. I'm, I'm thankful that it was later. It makes it easier to find stuff. But when Paul wrote Romans, he just wrote, and he didn't even leave spaces between the letters. But this is what it says in Romans chapter 13, verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepting him. You, you see how in this context you're both working out your salvation. I, I, I'm a Christian, but I'm just going to eat vegetables. I think that's the right way to do it. Well, I'm a Christian, but I'm going to eat meat. I think that's okay. And you're stupid for eating vegetables. Oh, wait, no, you've crossed the line. Now... Now you've gone beyond what is your salvation and you've become one who is in judgment of his brother. Verse 4. Yes. Yes. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And here in verse 4, who are you to judge the servant of another to his own master he stands or falls? I'm working out my salvation. This is how I think I'm supposed to be a Christian. And I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but people like to give you free advice. And I don't know why we should write things, because whenever I have a problem, all I have to do is talk to somebody else, and they'll tell me how to solve it. Fourteen different ways how to resolve what your problem is. And if you've got a health issue, all you have to do is make it known, and 20,000 people will tell you how to resolve your health issue. You don't need doctors. Just let people know, and they will tell you. You know that's the truth, don't you? So... So I'm, I'm living my Christianity in a certain way, and I decide, well, well I'm going to have a Christmas tree. And somebody else says, oh, that's pagan, Marty. That's even in the prophets talking about decorating the tree and putting it in your house. Oh, is it? Okay, I'll stop having a Christmas tree. Where's my Halloween decorations? Oh, Marty. Oh, oh, you, wait a minute. What did you call, what do you call Tomorrow? Thursday, whoa, you pagan, Thursday is Thor's day. Don't you know that's what Thursday means? If Thor's, you're being an idolater. Oh, come on. You see, anything we do outside of the teachings of Christ could come into question, could be called into question. Uh, tell you what, let's do. We're going to have a little meeting after uh, church tonight, and we're going to come up with a dress code, uh, what we all have to wear when we come to church. Um, anybody got any, what's that? That would be a fun meeting because <laughs> there might be a couple of different opinions about that. And it, See, that's, that's what he's talking about, that kind of stuff. No, you work out your salvation. I'll work out my salvation. If I see you practicing something that I think is, is against the teachings of Christ, well, then as a brother, 
I'm obligated to say something to you about it, but you're also free to tell me, hmm, get lost. Uh, I'm, I'm working out my salvation. This is where I am right now. Yes? That you said it's against the teachings of Christ. Yes. It's not all opinion. Paul was not talking about doctrinal issues here. He was talking about opinions. He didn't say the doctrine is you have to eat meat or the doctrine is you have to eat vegetables. He said you're free to do whatever you want. You can eat meat. You can eat vegetables. Don't pull your brother into judgment just because you disagree with the way they eat. That's, that's not the point. Or that is the point. Or Well, you know what I'm trying to say. He that knows something is wrong and does it to him, it, it is sin. Right. You know, I, two things. I, I hope nobody thought I was uh, justifying in any way or saying that my friend's reaction to all that was the, the correct reaction. I can see that I never got that. Well, I hope not. I don't think that's, I, I regret so much that all that happened and and what he's doing now he's the music director as well you know and and so he's gone a a lot away from what we used to talk about Uh, the other thing is this fear and trembling if you're considering something and you're in fear and you're trembling about the result it's pretty important really important and and so we should give give some careful diligence and have some reasons for what we're doing uh, whether it's doctrinal or not I uh, I used to have nightmares laugh if you want to I used to have nightmares about showing up at formation without my cap without my cover in the military you know what that you, you got a cap you're supposed to wear it to formation and I, that's, that was one of the reasons I left the military. Man, I, I don't want this for my life, to, to have dreams, bad dreams about showing up not with the right stuff on my head. But that's the military. You've, you've got to be disciplined. You've got to, to uh, toe the line. That's what the, the discipline and the esprit de corps and the military bearing. If you don't have military bearing, eat peas. It's about the same thing. Uh, military bearings. No, it's just a joke. Anyway. Uh, but but that fear and trembling was there because I knew I've, I've got to be what I'm supposed to be. And if I'm not that, that's the same kind of thing in Christianity. It's, we're not supposed to live in fear, but there's an element of fear. This is before God. He has given his son so that I might be saved. So I don't want to show up and be lackadaisical about it. I don't want to be complacent. I want to be serious in my salvation, and I want to be working it out. I'm not going to be perfect. I I know that. Everybody knows that. That's why Jesus came. But there's still an element of, okay, let's take this seriously. And that's, do we we need more discussion, or can there be, should there be more discussion on this? Harold? The implication to me is we need to be involved in trying to do what we can do to be faithful and obey what he gave us. You can't just sit back and think about it and say, well, you know, it sounds like a pretty good idea. This means we need to get with it. That's right. what I see it to mean. You don't rest on your laurels. You don't say, okay, I'm a Christian now. Uh, let's, let's go on. No, you you got work to do. Barbara? I think we all have experienced what he experienced with his friend. 
I think we all, in one way or another, have experienced that with dear friends. And it has hurt. We have experienced this with family, but we continue to pray for them and pray that God will open their hearts. And that's all we can do. I'm the only person over whom God has given me control. And I don't do a very good job with that. So I can't do it for anybody else. I can help somebody bear their burden, like Paul admonished us in Galatians chapter 6, but they also have to bear their own burden. And I have to work out my own salvation. You have to work out yours. We can help one another along the way, but we are still individually responsible to work it out. Linda? I just want to read a, a different... Verse 12 says, My dear friends, you have always obeyed. You obeyed God when I was with you. It is even more important that you obey now while I am not there to help you. You yourselves must live in a way that moves you towards salvation. Do this with respect and fear for God. So he, he starts with obedience. And that's what we've been talking about, trying to obey the Lord, trying to do the right thing. It's not about do your own thing. You be obedient, but you got to work it out for yourself. Yes? I think it's human nature. Remember when you were a kid and you were playing a game and when somebody else didn't follow the rules the way you interpreted the rules or felt like the rules were? I think it's human nature. You, you know, you went and tattled on them or you, you, it makes you feel insecure as a human being. And you have to feel like your, tra your travel is correct and you're following God. And when you see somebody else who's veered to the left or the right of that, intimidates you in a way I think it makes you insecure it, because it's hard not to put our faith to some extent in some humans right? and like Barbara said you know all flesh is going to fail us if it doesn't do anything but die and leave us and I think the love of Jesus is what needs to provoke us in the things that we do and the decisions we make and the path we follow I think that's that's just such a good teaching, and <coughs> that needs to be the impetus, you know, for what we do instead of trying to justify how we feel or what we think or to decide what's wrong with your with our buddy. Mm -hmm. And to your point, I still remember, I don't remember how old I was, but I was way past 50, and I was talking to some college-age young lady, and I don't know how we got on it, but I had mentioned the, the Greek letter tau, which is how I was taught to pronounce the Greek letter in school, tau. And she immediately corrected me. It's tall. And I thought, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> and she, she may have later thought about that, thought, what an insolent little child I was, this Older man who's been preaching for years has been taught how to pronounce it, and neither one of us are Greek. If she'd have been Greek, I'd have said, oh, I'm sorry. You know this, but she didn't. But she thought she did because she had been taught a certain way, and she was holding to what she had been taught. And it, it may have been that she really thought, oh, I need to correct. Maybe, bless her heart, she was trying to help me out. And I was just being a grumpy old man. 
because, well, I don't need to go any farther with that. <laughs> but, but that's that's the that's the challenge of being a human being in a world full of chaos and trying to work out salvation. This very conversation is is bringing us to the things that help us realize it's it's a difficult task. Jamie. Yes, you're back in Romans 14. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I'm sorry, I thought it was back in Philippians, but still, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, you know. Fully convinced in his own mind about matters of opinion. He, he's not talking about, he's fully convinced in whether or not you want to believe in the resurrection or whether or not you want to believe in the divinity of Christ or, no, no. This is other things. Billy? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13 says, for it is God who works in you both to his will and works for his good pleasure. God's helping us. We've got to acknowledge the fact that he is. He says, do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be proved yourself to be blameless, innocent children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked world, first generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. There's our help right there. Well, I'm struggling to get through this, no matter what the world's trying to pull me down to. I'm trying to work out what I need to do right. Let me keep it right with God for his good pleasure that I may be able to do it. And, and he's, he's with, with us along the way regardless of our opinions about ourselves or anybody else. Yes? Um, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. That when, I, when I read that scripture, I, I tend to think about it this way, that sin is the same for everybody. Sin is bad, don't do the bad thing, right? But the things that lead us to sin are different. I have a brother that y'all haven't met, and uh, every time we'd go to a restaurant, he'd order a water, and he'd fill that cup full of Sprite. Every time. And as far as he was concerned... It was no big deal. The restaurant would never miss it. Not an issue. But, you know, I've got other temptations that I struggle with, but that's not one of them. When I get my water cup, I fill it full of water. I don't look twice at the Sprite. So when I read, work out your own salvation, I think, yes, I need to avoid sin, but every individual has different triggers that might lead them to sin in different ways, and those individual things they need to try to avoid and work on and get help with. And we're all different, like you said. It's different for all of us, but it's the same for all of us. Just when Paul wrote in Romans chapter 7 about sin, he, he didn't justify anything that he was talking about, any of the sin he was talking. He just said, this is the way it is. For him, and it's that same way for us. Romans chapter 7, verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh sold into bondage to sin. Now, he's, he's an apostle of Jesus. He's saved through the blood of Christ, but this is what he's writing about himself. For what I'm doing, I do not understand. I'm not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. 
The law is outlining what is good. I agree with that, but I'm not doing the good, he says. I'm doing the thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So now longer, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me. That is where? In my flesh. Here's the struggle you and I will have until the Lord returns. My flesh wants to do things. I have a body of flesh. It has desires. They're not all evil. Sometimes it just wants to sleep. But sometimes it wants to sleep when it should be working. And my body wants other things. I, my body wants to eat. Sometimes I need to feed my body. But sometimes I need, uh, my body says, no, keep feeding me even though I've had enough. Feed me some more. You know what that's like. That's the flesh. In every other temptation known to man, we are subject to that because of our flesh. That's the problem we have. But we also have a spirit. God is always addressing our spirit. He speaks to our spirit, to our intellect. And it's as if he's telling us all the time, I gave you the power to make a choice to overcome the, the desire of your flesh. That's what I want you to do. Look at my son. Look what he did. He lived 33 years as a human being, and he every time overcame the desire of the flesh. You see that in Matthew chapter 4, the first part of that gospel where Jesus is tempted by the devil. In the same way that John talks about temptation, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the boastful pride of life. Those are the ways in which we are tempted. That's how Jesus was tempted. You go back to the garden, that's how Adam and Eve were tempted. That's what they saw in the forbidden fruit. They were tempted that way, and we are tempted that way, and it's our flesh we struggle with. We almost always know what's right, but we have to struggle with our own flesh to get the right done. And we almost always know the things that are wrong, but our flesh wants to do things that are wrong, and it's a constant fight. So it makes perfect sense to me that he doesn't give you authority over me and tell you to work out my salvation. He doesn't give me authority over you to tell you, I'm going to show you how to work out your salvation. He says, Marty, you work out your own salvation. All the rest of you work out your own salvation. How are you supposed to do it? With fear and trembling. Who's working in us as we're working out our own salvation? It is God. Just like Romans 14. We're back to Romans 14. Paul says, all of us are servants of the Most High, and he will judge his servants, not any of us. I'm not qualified to judge myself. Paul would even write that about himself. How can I judge others if I'm not qualified to judge myself? Let God be the judge. Well, that takes a lot of stress off of you, too. If you just decide, I'm not going to judge anybody. I'm not going to judge you so. Sometimes we need to help each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we would do that if, if you're trying to get a lug nut off a wheel so you can change a tire... And, and you're, you're not going lefty-loosey. You're going righty-tighty. Honey, to tell you, oh, brother, let me enlighten you. Lefty-loosey is going to get that lug nut off. So I tried that. Well, sometimes you have to stand on that lug wrench. So, yes, point taken. Sometimes I get lost in my illustrations. 
and we present salvation through the word to others so they can come to the truth and work out their own salvation. Yes, and according to Jesus, if we're working out our salvation, we're going to be doing the good works that he talks about, and people are going to see that and glorify God who's in heaven. That's how we're salt. That's how we're light. We go through life working out our salvation, and people see that. Oh, how, how come you don't use curse words? I've been around you long enough to know you don't use curse words. Well, I'm working out my salvation. I don't want to do that. Sometimes I, I'm tempted to, but I don't want to do that. You don't join in the conversation when we're talking about dirty stuff. You don't laugh at dirty jokes. Well, I'm, I'm working out my salvation. That's part of it. So, yeah, good point. Man, we got a lot of mileage out of that, did we? Faithful free salvation. Faithful free salvation. Based on faith, the righteousness that comes by faith. All right. In verse 14, um, if you don't like what we've been talking about, tough. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. <laughs> By the way, think about what he's saying here. He's saying, do all things without grumbling or disputing. What has he just been talking about in the first part of this chapter? Talking about how Jesus gave himself up, submitting to the death on the cross. And he never grumbled. He never disputed. He never was with the apostles going down the road kicking stones. You know what I'm going to do for you guys later? Man, if you just knew, you'd appreciate me more. No, he, none of that. He was always serving. He was washing their feet the night he was betrayed. That's the Jesus we serve. That's the one who's calling us to work out our salvation. So that's him. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Compare that, by the way. Look over at chapter 4, verse 11. <clears throat> Not that I speak from want, for I've learned to be what? Content. When? In whatever circumstances I'm in. And then he goes on to tell us the kind of circumstances he's been in that have not all been good. And so he's, he's telling the church, you do everything without grumbling or disputing. That's how you're going to be lights in this world. And by the way, that's what he's done. He's, he's learned to be content. Coming down the road tonight to, to hear, I was preaching to myself. We talked about from James, call it joy when what happens? Or count it joy? When you fall into various trials. <laughs> really? And God says, really? I'm teaching you patience, boy. All right, Lord, here I am. So it's a pretty good deal we have in Christ. It's not just salvation for eternity. But he says, I'm, I'm working through you for your salvation. By the way, did you read what I had my apostle Paul write in Romans chapter 8, verse 28? All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. How can that be? And when he says all things, he's not just talking about all the good things, because, of course, the good things, but he's talking about even bad things will eventually work out for our good. God will make that happen. Count it joy when you fall into various trials. Paul is writing to a church who is being opposed and he says, don't you worry about your enemies. They're going to be taken care of. I'm in prison, by the way, right now, writing this letter to you, but it'll be okay. And when I find out, he'll say later what's going to happen with me when the courts get finished making the decision. Then I'll, I'll get word back to you on, on what's happening. That's, <laughs> and he's learned to be content with that. 
I believe he learned to be content because he truly saw himself as a servant of God. He wasn't a servant of Paul. He was a servant of God. And I, I fall into the temptation to see myself as a servant of myself. Oh, I'm going to do this for my, I want to do this. I want to go there. I'm going to eat lunch here today because I want to eat lunch here today or whatever. It's, it's just so easy from day to day to fall into that. Uh, where are we here? Verse 16. Well, I don't want to pass over too quickly, do all things without grumbling or disputing. That's, that's huge. And he says, do that so that you'll prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent. Think about the implication. If you go through life and you refuse to complain, you refuse to grumble, you refuse to be a, a disputer of everything, you're showing yourself to be a light. Because that's what the world does. And when you refuse to behave like the world, you're, you're being a light to the world. Above reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you appear as lights in the world. And that's exactly what he taught us to be. Holding fast what? The word of life. What word of life? The word of life about the divinity of Christ? How about the word of life about structure of the church? How about the word of life about prayer? How about the word of life about the resurrection? What word of life? Yes. Every bit of it. Whatever it says, you hang on that. You feed on that. Jesus is the word incarnate in the flesh. So when he talks about, when Paul talks about the word, he got this word from the word. And he says, you hang on every word. Holding fast the word of life so that in the day of Christ I'll have reason to glory because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. Now think about what he's saying to the church. Who established this congregation? He did. Where did we read about that? Remember Acts chapter 16. We read about the establishment of the church in Philippi. Who were the two people converted? Lydia and her Household and the jailer and his household. That's how this church started. He, he got this congregation started by preaching to them after he'd been busted out of prison by an earthquake. Actually, he didn't get busted out of prison, did he? The earthquake turned his bonds loose and the jailer came in. What was the jailer going to do? He was going to kill himself because he thought, okay, everybody's gone. And Paul said, no, don't do yourself any harm. We're all here. We're all here. Not even the other prisoners left so that's how that happened and he's writing to this congregation and he's saying you hold fast to what you know to be true to the word of God and if you do that on the day Jesus returns think about the reason I'm going to have for glory in in you and now I'm thinking what Paul has done for me in writing this out, he's going to have reason to glory in what he's done for me and what he's done for you because you're sitting here studying this word and it's feeding you. It's feeding your soul, feeding your spirit. It's shaping your mind and your thoughts. All that is because of the work that God did through Paul and now through Paul's writings, God is doing the same work through you. 
He's shaping you and molding you into his own image. That's what we're doing here in class tonight. We're not just studying the Bible. We're changing our lives to become more in the image of Christ. That's what's happening. And you're working out your own salvation. Don't get me started on that again. (laughs) That's a good discussion. Where are we here? Verse 17, but even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice of the service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. So he's potentially facing death. That's what he's talking about, being poured out as a drink offering. He doesn't know if he's going to come out of this prison sentence alive. But he says, you have joy and you rejoice. Billy? In fact, that I didn't do it my way, I did it God's way, we'd be a whole lot better off. Absolutely. Uh, another illustration. Um, man, I, <laughs> I really anticipated that we would just quickly cover a few points there and then read 19 through the end of the chapter and, and discuss that and move into chapter 3. We didn't do that, did we? Uh, that's all right. Uh, I hope you're okay with that. We'll, Lord willing, move into chapter the end of chapter two next week and uh, and see what's going on there. Anybody got anything before we close out tonight? Philip. Dress code. Modesty. Dress code is modesty. absolutely modesty in all things. It's, it's interesting too. Uh, the modesty in the New Testament was about wearing too much flashy stuff. It wasn't about bearing too much skin. So it's interesting how that's changed through the years. But modesty is modesty. What is what does it mean to be immodest? It's when you're drawing attention to yourself. That's what immodesty is, truly. And you can do it by underdressing or by overdressing. Jamie? So you talked about being disgruntled. Yes. A seven-year-old I've got putting up his clothes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I can't do it. James, you're falling into a various trial. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a way, you, you, you know people like this. <clears throat> you'll be in Walmart, and you'll look down the aisle, and you'll see this person. You'll go, oh, man, I don't want to talk to them because they're going to be complaining about something. You just know that's, that's the way they are. they're going to be. By the way, did you see what's in the paper today? And you go, oh, great. How long am I going to have to listen to this? Other people you'll see and you go, oh, I want to get in there and say hi. I want to get a hug because they always have a good word and a smile. And they're, they're bright and cheery. They have the joy of the Lord. Other people are just grumpy. And you, yeah, you know where you're always going to get that from them. That's, that's what I think he's talking about. Have we had two bells? We need a second bell, Charles. I think they want me to hush. No. Next week, Lord willing, finish up chapter 2. All th- oh, oh, okay. We got a question. Can we define the term all things? Okay, that's what we'll come back to when we get to, to next week's lesson. I'll make a note about that.